Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. You know, I've been thinking about animals, but that's because I always think about animals. And I've had a couple of guests on who have talked with us about the importance of animals in our life. And, you know, I get to thinking about the, um, the spiritual axiom of we know where we are as spiritual beings depending on how we treat animals. And that that comes into play a lot for me in my life. I've loved, you know, oh, since a little kid, I've loved animals, I've rescued animals, I've saved animals for as long as I can remember. Literally in fifth grade, this, this kid in my class brought a kitten to school. His parents were really smart, by the way, and said, yeah, if someone doesn't adopt this kitten um, by the end of the night, my parents are going to kill it. <laughs> So, of course, I went home and went, <laughs> and my mother was like, they're not going to kill it. I'm like, they said they were. So my mother, and I cannot believe that she used to do this for us, took me to this person's house, sat with me while I played with the cat, and then let me bring the kitten home with us. Now, my mother had four kids. We had two dogs. We brought this other cat in. We had either five to seven cats, two hamsters. My mother never said no to that, which I think is so amazing and so loving on her part. So I got that from her. I got that I can do that. I can bring this animal in. I can help in this way. So when I moved to Chicago and I met my one of my soul sisters, Jillian, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I want to get a kitten. And she said, no kittens. No kittens? Why no kittens? Well, because I have two Siberian Huskies, and my Siberian Huskies will eat your kitten. And I was like, oh, okay, no kittens. <laughs> and so instead, I got these two incredible Siberian Huskies who became loves of my life and just uh, so important to me. And when I moved out from living with her, I got really lonely because her dogs were like my best friends. So then I went on the quest of finding my own kitten. I went to the local shelter and I, I knew in my mind that I wanted to have a gray, fluffy girl kitten. That's what I wanted. And so when I went to the shelter, they actually had like a whole litter of them. And I was like, oh, you know, I think I'll take two. I'll bring them home with me. La, 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 la. I was all excited. I played with them for a half an hour. I picked them out and I went, okay, I'm going to take these two home. And the woman said, great, where do you live? And I said, I live here. And she said, oh, all you need is a permission slip from your landlord. And I went, well, what? Well, I don't have a permission slip from my landlord. She goes, oh, well, you can't take these cats home with you then because we're not going to have you take an animal home that that will somehow end up homeless because your landlord said no. Oh, I cried all the way home. <laughs> so um, by the time I was able to get that permission slip together, 
um, permission slip too. Like I was in my 20s. I'm like, God, I have to get permission. I'm in my 20s. I'm an adult. But by the time I got that, the kittens were gone. So I, I kept looking and looking. And for some reason, it was a year that was light on kittens. And I ended up calling this place that a friend of mine said, you know, there's like this, um, there's this pet store, but they also take in stray animals and you ought to call them because it's spring. So I called and they said, oh yeah, we have 40 kittens. That's how many kittens that they had rescued these kittens. You know, people bring them in and I was like, okay, I can't get there till tonight, but certainly there will be two kittens left over at least right out of 40. And I said, do you have any gray fluffy ones? She goes, oh, we've got lots to choose from. So I get down there and I'm like, already I called you earlier today and you said you know you had 40 kittens she goes oh we only have one left and I went what one well is it gray and is it fluffy and is it a female and she said no it's like um it's a black male and I was like oh well I don't want it and she said oh okay will you hang on a second and she went into the back and she said um I just need you to hold on to this kitten for me for one second because uh, we've got a bunch of stuff going on and we were kind of planning on you at least looking at him. So hold on to him. I've got to clean out his cage and I'll be right back. So, okay. (laughs) Again, smart woman because he was um, probably about four inches long. He was teeny tiny. He was scraggly. His ears were way too big for his head. He had clearly had ear mites. He had fleas. He was, you know, not in really good condition. But I was holding him and he was purring. And then he, I was holding him in the palm of my hand. That's how teeny he was. He crawled up my arm to my shoulder and then nuzzled himself between my ear and my shoulder. And curled up in a little ball and went to sleep purring on my shoulder. And I went, okay, I'll take him. <laughs> and I took him home. And I named him Orion. And he was my familiar. And um, a familiar, for, for, for all of you who don't know, is an animal who is like your soulmate. That animal is there to help you, guide you, and support you psychically and spiritually through your journey. So here I have Orion, and he is the love of my life. He eventually grew into his ears. After getting him all cleaned up and healthy, he became a svelte, magnificently beautiful black cat. I mean, he was so beautiful that every time he posed or laid down or moved, it was like he was being photographed for kitty, uh, kittycalendar.com. So <laughs> he was the love of my life. And then I um, brought a new cat in and Pegasus and he became part of our little family. And my world literally revolved around these two cats. I'm single. You know, I may have a boyfriend and everything, but I'm, I'm not married. I've, I don't have those kind of ties in my life. I'm working at this incredible restaurant in, in Chicago, and I had been there long enough where I had seniority, and it was summer, and it was beautiful, and I thought, oh, God, you know, I've been at the beach all day. I don't really feel like going into work, so let me call my boss and see what's going on. And he said, you know what, Kristen, don't come in today. It's okay. It's slow. Take the day off. Take the night off. And I was like, great. So I start preparing my dinner. Now... <sighs> Every time I prepared food, no matter what, Pegasus and Orion were always milling around my feet, going meow, 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 and I would talk to them, and they would talk with me, 
And there's Pegasus. Meow, meow, but no Orion. So I was like, Orion, Orion, honey. Meow, meow, Pegasus. Preparing, preparing. Orion. And then I was like, that's kind of weird. I wonder if by accident I closed him into a closet, which I'm going to tell you guys that I still to this day do not close closet doors without checking thoroughly that there isn't an animal in there. And they trained me well to do that. So I go and I check the two closets that I have. No kitty. Hmm. Well, he's got to be around here somewhere. I check under the bed. Hmm. That's weird. Then I go into the bathroom. Where is he? Now, my cats used to like to play in the bathtub. I don't really know why, but they would go in there and play and, and wait for me to turn on the faucet to a little drip, and then they would play in there and slide around. And I thought, well, maybe he's sitting in the bathtub waiting for me. So I open up the curtain. I look in the bathtub. And I go, huh. And then I look up at the window above the bathtub, and the screen is gone. Now, I lived in Chicago in this three-story walk-up, very old building um, not, you know, super well taken care of. And the screen had gotten loose and Orion had fallen out of the window, three, three floors down. Now, below me at, at this part of my apartment is an alleyway where they pick up garbage. So I realize, oh my God, he has fallen three stories down onto cement I run out my back door down the fire escape and I'm running through the alleyway going, Orion, Orion, but I can't find him anywhere. And I'm thinking, oh my God, he's dead somewhere. And I'm crying. And one of the little girls who lives in my building hears me and comes running down the back stairs. Now these, this little girl knows me. She comes to play with my, my cats all the time. And she's like, oh, Kristen, Kristen, what's wrong? And I said, my Orion has fallen out the window. I can't find him. I can't find him. And we're running up and down the alleyway calling. Orion, Orion. And I'm sobbing and sobbing. And I start, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm walking up my back stairs, back the fire escape thinking, oh my God, he's got to be here somewhere. And there he is sitting in a um, empty windowsill. And I go, oh my God, there you are. You're okay. But the pupils in his eyes are dilated to the size of his eyes. And I think, oh, maybe he's just scared. I pick him up and his arm falls down and just starts dangling. And I'm like, ah! it's broken literally in half. I gently pick up his arm and he's in shock. And I run him up the stairs and I get him in the cat carrier and I call the vet and I am hysterically screaming, Orion, he fell out the window. His arm is broken. I think he's dying. I think he's dying. I'm sure he's dying. And she's talking me down. Kristen, get yourself outside. Get into a cab and get here. We'll be waiting for you. Now, I always want you guys to know that I'd actually never taken a cab at this point in my life. I've only been living in Chicago a few years, but taking cabs at that point in my life was a luxury that I could not afford. Um... So I didn't actually know how to hail a cab. <laughs> so I come out of my apartment building sobbing with this cat carrier 
I looked kind of like an insane person, and I was walking on the street during rush hour. So all these people are coming off of the subway system, filing off in all their business suits, dressed up, fancy clothes, high heels. I'm dressed, you know, kind of because I've been at the beach all day. I look kind of scraggly, and I'm screaming, help me, help me, my cat is dying, and people are running away from me. Because they're like, oh my God, that's a like homeless person and we don't know what's wrong with her. And I'm sobbing, walking up and down the street because I don't know how to hail a cab. And this woman comes up to me dressed in the most crisp, beautiful clothes and says, how can I help you? Tell me what's happening. And I say, my cat, he's dying. He's dying. I don't have a dead cat. I can't even speak. She hails me a cab, gets me in the back tells the cab driver where to go because I had given her the address of the vet and he steps on it. Now, he doesn't know that we're going to a vet. He just thinks I'm dying and I'm in the back seat sobbing and crying and I'm like, dying, <laughs> dying. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, I get you there, ma'am. Don't cry, please, no crying. Don't worry, my lady, you'll be okay, you'll be okay. And I'm going, my cat, my cat, my cat. And all of a sudden he goes, your cat. I, it's not you dying. It's not you. And I'm like, no, it's my cat. He's dying. He starts laughing. Oh, crazy girl. You're okay. I thought you're dying. No, it's just a cat. And that made me go. <laughs> you don't know how much I love my cat. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Don't cry, please. Don't cry. And then I sobbing even harder. And he's saying, no, I'm telling you, I'd get you there. I'd get you there. We pull up in front of the vet. There are people actually waiting outside for me. They grab the carrier for me, whisk Orion into the, to the vet's office. I get out of the cab and realize I don't have my wallet. I have no money with me. And I look at the man and I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I don't have any money. Would you wait here for me? And you can take me home and I will pay you later. And he goes, Oh, miss, no, I take you home for free. You don't pay me. I tell you, it's okay. Please just stop crying. Okay, so they fix up Orion. I get home. I pay this lovely man. He, he wasn't going to let me pay, but I paid him. About a month later, Orion fully heals, gets his little cast off, gets the little pin out of his leg, and he's fine. <laughs> but I, during that month, was a mess. You know, just to see this cat struggling with his little, <laughs> his little cast going straight-legged, you know, because he couldn't really walk normal because he had a cast on. But he was okay. I just want you guys to know. So 20 years is where... Orion stayed with me. 20 years this cat was with me. He passed away very serenely, very quietly, and with an enormous amount of love. A year later, Pegasus, by the way, was still with me at the age of 21. And we're driving, me and Jeff and the kids are driving out of a parking lot of a movie theater on a highway. 
And on the radio is this big announcement that there's a huge, you know, frightening ice storm that is coming our way in New Jersey in three days. Everybody needs to prepare. It's a very serious storm, blah, 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 blah. We're, We're pulling out of the movie theater, and we see in the middle of the road two kittens eating paper. They are fighting over this little bit of paper that probably had some pizza on it. And I look at Jeff. And he looks at me. <laughs> then he looked down at the wheel of the car and went, oh, no. And I went, well, honey, you know that we're not going to pretend we didn't see that. And he's like, no, I know. <laughs> so the kids are like, oh, the kitten's in the road. They're eating paper. Oh, mom, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, we're going to go home. We're going to get this, have a heart trap, which is what I own. It's a trap that safely and mindfully captures an animal so that they don't get hurt and they don't get scared. And then you can take them to safety. So having rescued and saved and found homes for, at this point, over a dozen cats in my day, that's why I own this thing. And I just want to say here out loud that there are people out in the world who are my heroes. These people They take care of colonies of stray animals with their own money. They get the animals vaccinated. They get the animal the shots, and then they put them back out. It's called trap, neuter, and release so that the animals don't continue to perpetuate more stray animals, but they stay in a colony together and are fed by other people who take care of them. And it's an amazing program, and I'm... So profoundly grateful to the people who put their time and energy into this. I was not able to be a person who did that just because of the uh, circumstances of my life. So I took in and found homes for animals one at a time. So here we are. We come back to the parking lot with my have a heart trap. We put some food in it. We set it down and bam, we get the first cat. So we think we're getting a kitten, right? I go to the have a heart trap and there is this little kitten that we haven't seen before because the two kittens we saw were black and white and gray and white. And this one is a tiger stripe, teeny tiny. And I go, oh, there must be another kitten. So we take her out of the have a heart trap, put her in a cat carrier and put the have a heart trap down again, thinking, well, there's definitely two more kittens that need to be trapped. Bam, immediately we think, oh, okay, it's another kitten, right? We go to the trap, and in there is this enormous, I'm talking, I don't think I've seen a cat this big before, huge tiger-striped cat. And I think, oh, my God, that's got to be the mother because it's the same coloring as the kitten. So Jeff looks at me, and he's like, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're not going to send this cat out because it's an adult, right? We're... We'll just take it in and we'll figure it out later. And the kids are like, but mommy, the two that we saw, where are they? Where are they? And the kids were really young at this point. You know, they're like, you know, I would say Miranda was six and Landon was nine. So they are really freaking out about the two cats that we saw in the middle of the road. So I said, don't worry, don't worry. We'll get the have a heart trap out. We put it out. Nothing, 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 nothing. An hour later, bam, we've got it, we've got it. We go to the trap and there's the little gray and white one. And we're like, okay, all right, we're making headway. We know that there is one more cat, the black and white one. So we get the little gray and white one, we put it back. I'm literally picking up these cats, putting them in a carrier and putting them in my car and then putting the trap out. Well, we are now on hour three. 
The kids are exhausted. They are emotionally in turmoil. They're hungry because, you know, we went to the, we went to a matinee and now it's way past dinner time and they're young. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And Jeff's like, look, we can't stay here anymore. We have to go home. And then my daughter starts crying. (laughs) The black and white one, mommy. Don't leave it. It's going to (laughs) die. And I say, I promise you, baby. I promise you that I will not leave that little black and white kitty out here to die. Do you hear me? And she's like, okay. Do you believe your mom? I believe you, mommy. Okay. So I take Jeff and the kids home, drive them 20 minutes home, drop them off, drive back 20 minutes. Now it's dark. I go to check the cat carrier and inside of it is a cat that's gray and white, but about six months old. So not of the litter of the little kittens that I have started capturing. And then I don't know what to do. So I call Jeff and I say, okay, I've got another cat. It's not of the same litter. It's a kitten, but not as young as the babies that we've caught. And I don't know what to do. And then I hear the kids, did she get it? Did she get it? They're in the background. Did she get the black and white kitty? Did she get it? Did she get it? And Jeff says, no, she doesn't have that one yet. And then the tears, I can hear them crying in the back. Oh, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, oh my God, please tell them. I promise them I will not leave this cat. But what do I do with this gray and white one? And Jeff says, well, you know, we don't have a choice, Kristen. We can't let it back out because it's this ice storm that's coming. It will die out there. And I'm like, okay, fine. I get this cat. I let it loose in my car because I don't have a cat carrier with me because I wasn't prepared. I thought I was only getting one more kitten. And I put out the trap and I wait for an hour and I hear this cat. He comes out every so often and goes, but he won't go in the trap because he's smart because he's like, you know, every time that metal thing gets put down, someone in my family disappears. (laughs) And now I'm stressed out of my mind because we're on hour four and a half and it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do. I've got this little teeny tiny black and white cat walking around the trap, coming out, crying, but not going in. And I've got two kids at home who I have promised on my mommy word that I will not let that cat die. So I call a woman that I know. She's one of these heroes that goes out and takes care of the feral colonies. And I had met her uh, a year ago when one of my cats went missing. And she actually looked for him, for me and with me for weeks. And we became friends. So I called her. And I said, Pam, I'm in trouble. I I don't know what to do. And you do this for a living, basically. But I've got this little kitten, and he's out here, and the ice storm is coming, and I've got his whole family, and I've promised the kids, and I don't know what to do. And she said, Kristen, sometimes you just have to know that you're not going to save every single one of them. Sometimes, Kristen, you have to walk away. (laughs) And then I started crying, and I said, you don't understand. 
He's out here crying for his family. I cannot walk away. I can't do it. Please tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but I can't leave this cat behind. And she said, Kristen, I, I can't go out there. I've got an eye infection. I can only see out of one eye. I said, I'm not asking you to come. I'm asking you to tell me what to do. I'm asking you to give me your expertise because I trust you. And she said, all right, all right. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, no, Pam, don't come. I'm, I'm serious. It's okay. I'll do it. She goes, no, I'll be there. She hangs up. I'm sitting there waiting for her. Out comes the little black and white kitty. I'm sitting in my car crying. Pam pulls up, gets out of her car. I get out of the car. She's like, all right. We're going to move and we're going to take care of this. She's got with her sautéed chicken with sauce all around it. She, she takes the carrier. She moves it to where we can't see it, where it's kind of hidden. She pours the sauce all over the carrier, put, puts sauce on the way into the carrier, and puts the chicken inside the carrier. And she's like, now we're going to wait. So we're sitting in my car together. And out he comes. And then she starts crying. Oh, my God, Kristen. Oh, he's sad. I said, I know he's sad. I've taken his whole family away from him. And he's starving. And she's like, oh. So we're both sitting in my car crying. And she's like, I'm so glad that you didn't give up. So we sat there for a half an hour. And then she was like, Kristen, it might just be that he can't be saved. I said, I don't believe that. I don't believe that an animal can't be saved. And all of a sudden, (gasps) we got him. Oh, my God. We jump out of the car. We're jumping up and down. And there he is, this fat little black and white kitty. She said, let me take him because you've got the other one in your car. We drive him home. We, we take him upstairs. The kids are sobbing. They're like, oh, mommy, you got him. You got him. We put him upstairs with all the other ones. I couldn't get the gray and white cat out of my car for 12 hours. <laughs> I couldn't get that dang cat. So finally, I had to plug up every hole in the car with comforters and sheets and towels and pillows until I could get her out from underneath the seat. She came out. She looked at me. I had a carrier in my hand and I'm like, all right, cat, it's me or the carrier. You decide. And she was like, oh crap. And she went into the carrier. I bring her upstairs 12 hours later, put her in with all the other four. So now there's five. We call them the fabulous five and the kittens start nursing on her. She was the mommy. The father was the big one. So I'm going to tell you the end of the story. The end of the story is that we socialized the kittens and the adults because we knew we were never going to be able to give away the adults. Nobody wants those. uh, Nobody wants adult, stray, feral, wild animals. But we thought people would want the kittens. So my kids at the age of... um, eight and and five or however old they were, went in every morning and every afternoon and every evening, picked up those cats while they were hissing and scratching and biting, put them to their hearts, 
pet them gently and talk to them and soothe them until they started purring. And within a month, we had socialized the kittens, but then had fallen in love with them, and we kept the whole family. And they're still living with us seven years later, happy, free, well-fed, and loved. And, you know, we did a good thing. It doesn't always work out that way, but this time it worked out well. And I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity to help another and also for my children to learn about loving someone regardless of what it looks like on the outside, but knowing that there's gentleness and love on the inside of those animals. And so if you have a minute, make sure that whatever you do in that minute, you not only say a prayer for the animals who need our help, but you find a way to send that energy out to help those animals because they are domesticated. They are responsibilities and we can do right by them. I love you guys. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring and to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristin.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.